Hello there, and welcome to Tailgates and Drive Shafts. This is a podcast that is designed to help people shop for their next truck and then find out how to improve it or make it their own. This episode will be discussing what does it mean to have an American-made truck in the age of 2022, where Buy American is a big trend and we're having difficulties trying to find vehicles on the lot, does this become a rather pertinent question? There are those who are wanting to support those who have been working through the pandemic and are trying to survive through the pandemic and the after effects, and they're just trying to, you know, support American made. But this isn't, you know, the 1940s where if you bought something from America, it was made with American parts. If you bought something from China, it's made from Chinese parts. These days in 2022 with the global economy, even if you buy something that has Ford or Chevy on the badge, there's a good chance it's still either assembled with a high parts content of your rather Mexican and Chinese parts, or you're buying a vehicle that is again, American badge, but was assembled and manufactured in Canada, Mexico, China, wherever else. So today we're going to look at the trucks, where they're sourced, talk about parts content, and go from there. With the different trucks, we'll go through where each are made from. F-150. This is the best-selling truck for a long time, and then I think in the past year or two, it's been the best-selling vehicle in all of America. From its inception until about 2007, they are built in the U.S. and in Canada. After 2007, the F-150s are now made only at the Dearborn, Michigan plant or in Claycomo, Missouri, which is, I believe, a suburb of Kansas City. Next, we have the Toyota Tundra. These are built only in the U.S. and have ever only been built in the U.S., the first gen was designed and built in Indiana from 2000 to 2006, starting with the second gen in 2007. These were all and are still are assembled in the TMMTX plant in San Antonio, Texas. With GM, the Silverados and Sierras, the half tons are built in either Fort Wayne, Indiana, or, and forgive me if I butcher the name, Salau, Mexico. The three quarter ton, one ton trucks are built in Flint, Michigan. With Ram, all the trucks are made in either Sterling Heights, Michigan, or Saltillo, Mexico. Last, and some might say least, some might not, the Nissan Titan is built in Canton, Missouri. Where it gets interesting is that we have the American-Made Index. This was started several years ago by Cars.com. The index requires at least 75 U.S. parts-sourced content to make the list. Now, from I think 2014 or whenever it was uh, started until about 2020, it was only a matter of being top 10. After sorry, 2019. So after 2019, they opened it up from being just top 10 to well, if if any vehicle has at least 75%, then it makes the list, and the list went from being top 10 to being 50, 60 vehicles deep. 
keeping that in mind with the exported parts or rather imported parts it's not all just Chinese stuff or Mexican they come from China they come from Mexico a lot of them also come from Germany you have Borg Warner who makes the turbos for a thing like the EcoBoosts the turbo power strokes and I think some Cummins and then you also have Coleman Schmidt who makes some of the pistons and the bearings which Coleman Schmidt is another German company they handle probably like half or three quarters of all the European engines but they do make some parts for American engines too and then South Korea which they might, might, might make some other stuff but their major contribution to vehicles are the chips which if you have been living under a rock for the past two years you would find out that there's been all these supply issues with vehicles appliances video game consoles anything that requires microchips or computer chips they have had supply issues because you know covid slowed everything down and south korea makes like 70 or 80 percent of the world's semiconductor chips well when they slow down there's no option of oh well we'll just go somewhere else instead it's no that's pretty much it they're the only ones for the most part i think that the u.s total makes maybe 10 percent of the global supply of semiconductor chips to further exacerbate the problem, it's not a matter of, oh, we'll find someone else. It's even though there is someone else, their facilities and their ability, or rather their capacity is so limited, you can't just turn to them and say, oh, I'll buy from you instead. Because they don't have the means to sell to you as well. With that in mind, we'll tackle the list. 2014, this is the earliest year to start finding information. We have in the number one spot, the F-150. And number five was the Tundra. And here's a spoiler alert. The only two trucks that I really saw on the list are the F-150 and the Tundra. I think GM and Ram started to make the list in 2019 once they said, all right, anything that makes the 75% threshold can, can be on the list. I think they're making like low, low, or other, you know, very bottom end of the 40s, if not 50s and 60s. So all we're going to see on this list is F-150 and Tundra. So again, 2014, number one spot, F-150, number five for the Tundra. 2015, F-150 fell off because its content fell under 75%. I'm assuming this is because 2015 is the first year of the 13th gen truck. And I'm just guessing that something about supplying the parts for that first year had to rely on importing, and that's why it fell off. 2016, no trucks made the list. 2017, F-150 came back to the number six spot. And 2018, fell down to number nine. 2019, fell down to number 13. And then the Tundra made number 15. 2020, Tundra dropped to to number 16 slot but the F-150 fell below that to number 44. And in 2021, which is what I find to be a little bit ironic and interesting, is 
2021 is the last year of the second gen Tundra and the first year of the 14th gen F-150. So this last year of this generation made number 10 on the list of all these vehicles and then F-150 dropped to number 29 with its first year of the brand new generation. So there you have it. We see that the two trucks that really make the list are the Tundra and the F-150, largely helped by the fact that they are all made in the U.S. I think that's what hurt GM and Ram is that some of their trucks are not made in the U.S. and that hurt their score. In addition to content being sourced elsewhere. I know when I had a 2004 Silverado with a 5.3 Vortec, which is an amazing engine. I love that engine. Such a great truck. Uh, I think really like the late 90s, early 1000s is like the golden age of trucks when you could find a good truck in every brand. Anyway, I'll talk about that later. That being said, that 04 Silverado was built in Mexico. And I think that one didn't have anywhere close to being anything of a 75% U.S. parts content. Still a great truck, though. With all this being said, now the curious thing is that you have guys who are trying to say, oh, well, if you buy a Tundra, then all your money is going to receive, and it's not going to America, and how dare you, you're a traitor. And yes, I've actually seen people call others traitors for buying Toyota, Nissan, whatever else. It's stupid. And here's the argument. This is, I've got a friend who had similar ideas of when you buy foreign, that all the money goes overseas. And, and once I explain the logic to him, it's like, oh, hey, you're right. So here's what, what happens. Yes, you buy a vehicle that is, say, Toyota, Honda, Hyundai, Kia, whatever. Yes, in the end, there is some money that goes back to Japan or Korea. But you still have money that goes into the dealership, and they pay taxes. And that dealership pays paychecks to all the employees. And they pay money to other companies that handle their marketing, that handle cleaning, that handle whatever else. And then you have on the corporate side, you still have them paying paychecks. You still have them paying taxes. And if you just even spend 10 minutes on Google looking up all these manufacturers and the phrase like giving back to the community, you'll see that all these companies have corporate offices and dealerships that will reinvest into their local communities, that will reinvest into their facilities and their plants and their dealerships and increase you know, the value of the property. They can do more for the community, drive up its uh, prosperity, drive up its um, how pleasant it is. They can hire more people, therefore putting more money into people's pockets. They, you know, it's not just every dollar goes straight overseas. There's still a good amount of money being put here in the U.S. Even if you know the quote-unquote mothership is elsewhere. 
I used to work for a company that was headquartered in Ireland, and that's what the boss called it is sending money back to the mothership was sending it overseas to the corporate office there. With that being said, sure, even if you have someone who is stuck on the fact that it's just a brand from another country and they just refuse to see any sort of logic and common sense, there's another facet that you can try to explain to them on how in 2022 that we have the age of global economy and global manufacturing, which is you look at Dodge. Yes, Dodge, or now Ram, is an American brand, but it's not American-owned anymore. And it hasn't been for a long, long time. Back in 1998, Dodge merged with Daimler-Benz. In 2007, Daimler-Benz sold Dodge off to a company called Cerberus Capital Management, which I don't remember if Cerberus is American or overseas. But in 2009, just two years later, they sold it to Fiat, which Fiat is Italian. So Dodge hasn't been American for the past, I don't know, was it trying to do math here, uh, 24 years? Except for maybe two of those years when it was under Cerberus, because I don't remember who Cerberus or where Cerberus is. They haven't been American entirely for a long, long time. Instead of people saying, buy Dodge, buy American, buy Ram, buy American, not knowing that Ram is no longer fully American. Even if you look at, to me, if you look, look at the Ram taillights of things like 20... I don't know, 2019 and newer trucks, and then some of the, the newer Jeeps. You look at the, the styling of those vehicles and just kind of those more nuanced parts. I, to me, it's like, hmm, these seem to have European styling to them now. And hey, it's because they're owned by Italians. You look at the Ram 1500 Eco Diesel. Yeah, the heavier duty trucks have the Cummins in them which are great engines. I mean, I love Cummins. I've respected Cummins for a long time for what they can do and how they are only an engine company but have their stuff in everything. But the Eco Diesel, the 1500 Eco Diesel, that's a Fiat diesel. It's not a Cummins. I think that's also kind of what hurt them and the AMI score is because they have some of those trucks with an Italian engine in them. This just goes to show that we live in the age of everything is global now. You buy an American vehicle, but it's going to have parts from other countries. You buy a foreign country, or sorry, a foreign brand, and it's going to have possibly more American parts than some of your American vehicles. It's kind of funny how it all works out. And part of why I care so much about this topic to make a whole episode about this is I'm actually a quarter Japanese. On some of the social media pages I'm on, I have seen people comment about Buy American, which, I mean, hey, if you want to adopt that Buy American stance and everything you, you buy is made in America, great. Go for it. Awesome. Patriotism 110%. Go for it. 
But when you have those who say, how dare you buy a Toyota or a Nissan or BMW, Volkswagen, whatever, because don't you remember those were our enemies in World War II? Like, yeah, we've, we've all been through history class, but have you forgotten that we're all allies now? Or if you think that there are allies now, you're stupider than I thought you were because we beat them so bad that they won't ever forget that they want revenge. I'm just like, dude, are, are you stuck in, in some really just limited age where people can't get past grudges? This is 2022. We are quite good allies with Japan, Italy, Germany. I mean, what what do you need to show that they're not out to get us. They are our friends. And then again, you go through this whole process of logic of, oh, well, you're giving money away that belongs to us Americans. Like, no, the, the money I, I give from buying a vehicle it still ends up in the paychecks of my fellow Americans. Nothing is being stolen from them. It's crazy how people can, can get with that. Even then, you look at the stuff you put on your truck, the different mods, the different tools, the diff- whatever else that you put on your truck, whether it's a work truck or a personal truck and a daily driver or a show truck. I mean, the, the stuff you put into it, your phone mounts, uh, your lift, your bed cover, your radio. I mean, half of those parts aren't even made in the U.S. What about that? Are you going to get all up in arms about not buying a radio that's not built in the U.S.? I think you'd have quite a hard time finding a radio that's not built overseas. I think you have a hard time finding some stuff that's not built overseas. I mean, don't be wrong. Again, if you want to go buy American because you just want to be patriotic, go for it. But if you're trying to be a jerk about stuff, just don't. Don't don't be that thick and that demented. We live in 2020. And that being said, if you want to buy a Dodge, great. If you want to buy a Tundra, great. This is meant to just give you more information. This isn't meant to be trying to deter you from getting a truck from one place or another. I mean, again, I know Mexico and China have a bad rap for having bad products. And sure, they do typically have a lot of QC issues. But I've seen stuff come from China that is great. Because whoever designed it did a good job. And they used quality materials. And they had good QC. It is possible to get good stuff from other countries. So go ahead. Get yourself whatever. I'm just trying to give you more information to help you find out what truck is going to best align with your values what truck is going to best align with what are you looking for out of a truck and it happens to be i want the most american thing out there get yourself an f-150 pretty much i mean if you even if you don't look at the year-to-year ami the fact that they're all assembled in only u.s plants and their u.s brand that's pretty much in general going to make them the most American truck. Next American would be Tundra. They're all made in San Antonio, and they generally have more than the 75% threshold of U.S. sourced parts content. You can't really go wrong with either truck these days, which I'm going to have another episode on this, but I actually just sold my Tundra to get an F-150, getting 14.6 miles to the gallon on a Tundra with a 
really old engine design and being lifted on 33 inch nittos or nitto ridge grapplers i was getting 14 and a half miles to the gallon average i'm now driving a 2016 f-150 lariat screw with the 2.7 EcoBoost, and I'm getting like 18, 19 average. And I bought it used with close to 90,000 miles on it, so I got to do some stuff to just you know maintain it and everything. I think I'll get back up to getting like the average 23 MPG that's advertised by the EPA. So I. Just because you have one set of values of what do I look for in a truck now doesn't mean it might change later. And trucks change. Things change. But there you have it. What does it mean to have an American-made truck in 2022? Almost nothing, except for like the F-150. I hope this has helped. As always, if you have any questions, please feel free to give me a shout on social media. Send me an email. And... If you have any requests on what you'd like to have topic, or sorry, if you want to have any requests for topics on the show, again, feel free to reach out. I hope this has helped you. I'll see you next time.